One year I went through the rather difficult process of losing two grandparents in three months' time. It was only about two months later that we realized that my dad was uh, very ill himself. And he died about 11 months after my grandmother. I remember that time. It was very difficult uh, in a lot of ways. I was out of work for much of that time. And I would go back and forth to Virginia to visit him in his final illness. And I remember telling myself in a somewhat overconfident way, I can handle this because I know what it's like. I lost two grandparents. I can deal with this. It was nothing like losing my grandparents. I realized I really didn't understand what it was like to lose grandparents in their 80s and my dad at 60 years old. It did not prepare me. Now, years later, my sister was dying of lung cancer. And we had the, really the wonderful privilege of being with her as she took her last breaths. And I thought you would have thought I would have lost my one, but what I've learned my lesson. Because again, I thought, well, I've lost a dad. I can lose a sister. Losing a sister was nothing like losing a dad. To stand there next to my brother-in-law for her wake and think, that's my childhood. There's no one I can just talk about. You know, that was because only one other sister, and she's much younger than I am. There's no one I could talk to about, about my childhood. It was nothing like it. Well, I realize in looking at all of you here that although, yes, we all do go through the process of losing loved ones, I have no idea, no idea what it's like to lose a child. I have no idea what it's like to lose a spouse. I certainly have no idea what it's like to lose a spouse and a child in the same year. But there is one thing I know for sure. I know what it's like to have someone die for me. That's what we all share. That's what unites us. That's what Paul was getting about getting at today when he said, don't you know that you're all baptized into the death of Christ so he can all raise you up on the last day? Our unity is not so much a psychological unity. Oh, I know just what you're going through. I don't. I realize that. I will never say that to anyone. But what we do share is a Savior who died so that we can live forever. This is our faith. A Savior who showed the ultimate act of love. Not a warm, sentimental, fuzzy love. Does that, do you think he was having warm, fuzzy feelings as he died on the cross? But showing us his love by pouring out his life. The love that came forth from his side when was pierced by the lance. That is why we have the image of the sacred heart. Because the heart of Jesus still burns with love for us. His mercy, the word really means misery of the heart, meaning he loves us so much that his heart hurts. 
You see, he understands us, doesn't he? Because love isn't really love unless it does hurt. The reason that all of you are here today is because you lost someone who was close to you. And it hurt. And the more you love them, the more it does hurt. But we have a Savior who understands that, who hurt for us so that we can live. And as Jesus says in today's Gospel, he came to do the will of the Father. And isn't it remarkable? He doesn't say it's the Father's will that he would be punished for our sins. No, it's the Father's will that he would lose no one that was given to him, but that everyone who believes in the Son shall have eternal life and be raised up on the last day. And it is this union with Christ, and this is so interesting, it's it's not just us, it's the ones we lost, we're still united to them. Those who were baptized into Christ Jesus are still part of the body of Christ. It's an interesting thing that the church is the only organization that doesn't shrink because people die, because they're still part of the church. They have not left us in that way. They are still united to us in Christ Jesus. And that is precisely why that unity in Christ, in the crucified and risen Christ, it's precisely why we can pray for them. Because they're not often some other universe. They're having that experience in which we heard in the first reading, where the day will come when people will say, Wow, look, that's our God, who will wipe every tear from our eyes. And we pray and we ask that our prayers will help them on that way, so that they will be fully and totally ready as they enter into the fullness of the presence of God. So we come here today, not just to remember, that can be just a psychological thing, but to enter deeply into the heart of Christ, which was pierced so that we could live forever, and to trust and to have that hope that Father talked about at the All Saints Day Masses, that hope, that firm and absolute confidence Not in ourselves, but in the mercy of a God who loved us so much that he sent his Son so that whoever believed in him could have eternal life. Let us this day be a day of sorrow, but of joy, and of healing, but especially a day of trust and an experience of the mercy of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And we pray in the words we hear at every funeral for all of those who died in the last 12 months. May the angels lead you into paradise. May the martyrs come to welcome you and take you to the holy city, the new and eternal Jerusalem. May choirs of angels welcome you and lead you to the bosom of Abraham. And where Lazarus is poor no longer, may you find eternal rest. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. And may their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed 
for the mercy of God. Rest in peace. Amen.